Welcome back to the Woody Allen Retrospective right here on planettyro.com. I'm your host, Donald Wonder, and I'm joined in the flesh, in the studio, right next to me. I'm looking into his face right now. Simon Rad, welcome back, son. I'm, I'm glad to be here. By the way, I found this letter. It says uh, eviction notice. What, is, what does that stand for? This motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lie. That's a goddamn it's, lie. It's for your neighbor, right? They just put it in the wrong mailbox. So yeah. I gotcha. Do you know what's funny? Do you know the last time you were here, we did the recording right to each other? Can you remember what movie it was? Uh, no. I'll give you a clue. It's Woody Allen's favorite movie. <laughs> what was it? Stardust Memories? Correct! <laughs> <laughs> I forgot we were in the same room for that one. Oh yeah, I I didn't because I was th- that movie cinema was to me. But guys, I, I thought that was a dream I had from a dead rat. Yeah, for a rabbit or whatever. Yeah, guys, last time when we were on the discussion on the Woody Allen res- retrospective, we did a big one. We actually talked about the Woody Allen controversy, and at the time of this recording. I don't know what the feedback is. I'm, I'm assuming that we got a lot of flame, a lot of hate, but you know. And we also left out a ton of shit. I mean, I didn't even bring up Donald fucking Trump and his whole fucking scandals, army of scandals, and the fact that he's still freaking president. Uh, never even, never mind that. Yeah, but let's uh, let's all chew up Woody Allen's dirty laundry. Yeah, I'm not sure if that would have been relevant, but yes, you bring up some. We did leave a lot out, but you know, when you know, let's just move on because enough of the topical shit yeah you can do that forever yeah. seriously and i don't even care let's just get on with the movies and again if you want to check out that massive discussion link in the youtube card but if you want to talk about just the movies the last movie we spoke about before the controversy was 1992's husbands and wives again if you're on youtube you can click on the top right hand corner to go to the youtube card to check on that but we're moving forward guys do not forget we went out of our way to set up the woody allen retro.com website where you can find all of the discussions all in one place also don't forget we've got the podcast well we've got the audio recordings as podcasts on ios android any kind of podcast app you have we're on stitcher radio as well you can get our podcast any which way all of these reviews we do for these movies are spoiler discussions if you watch the movies first you'll probably have a more enjoyable time you're here right now with two movie schlubs two guys that don't work for rotten tomatoes on imdb we're giving our critical feedback so on the reviews it. You know, we're just being laid back, we're having fun with it, and we're moving on. And you know what? We, we're coming to a momentous occasion, because today, guys, you get a two for one. We're not only talking about... Well, one and a half. Let's not get carried away. Okay, well, <laughs> not only are we going to talk about the next Woody Allen movie, which is special for a special reason, but we have a fan that listened to our podcast that actually recommended us another Woody Allen fan movie which we're going to get to right at the end. Although, after this movie, I would call him a hater more so than a fucking fan for recommending this movie. You can see it, guys. I'll put it on the screen. It's called Burning Annie. So if, you wanna, if you're curious about that movie, which is a Woody Allen fan movie, we're going to get to that at the end. But with all that out of the way, Simon, why don't you tell us what we're getting into today so we can get on with this very special discussion. Okay. So the year is 1993. And we have a very, very, very special movie, like you said. Because... We're dealing with Manhattan Murder Mystery that, uh, for those of you who know your trivia or remember some of the, the things we brought up during the Annie Hall review, 
you know that that movie was supposed to involve kind of a a mysterious plot of a a murder happening or or something of sorts. There were plans for it. There were scenes written, some stuff shot, but cut out of the movie. And this is actually a full-fledged, fleshed-out story of that idea that was supposed to be in any hall. And not only that, but because of the controversy that happened the year before, Mia Farrow was switched out for the one and only Diane Keaton, who makes her return in a Woody Allen movie. But unfortunately, this is also the last time up until this date they work together. So for now, it's kind of like their swan song in terms of their on-screen relationship. And that's all the exciting stuff about the movie right there. <laughs> you know, <it's> like, <laughs> yeah. What's it about, Simon? Why don't you tell us what this momentous movie with Diane Keaton and Woody Allen returning, what is it actually about? Manhattan Murder Music. Come on, Simon. Break it down because I know it's going to be a very long and complicated story and I know the people nah. want to know what it's about. No, 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 no. <laughs> the original idea was that I guess Alvy Singer in that movie and Diane Keaton's character come home and find the neighbor dead. And that's basically this movie. Woody Allen and Diane Keaton are a married couple. They're very similar to what they did before in the past. Woody Allen brings his on-screen persona. Diane Keaton is like the balancing out other half. She's clever and witty, but also kind of narcissistic a little bit. And it's caught up in her own world. And they have a bit of conflict. So far, so good. It's a typical Woody Allen, you know, New York subplot of a relationship. And the main treat is, of course, the neighbor's dead. And at first, they don't think much of it. But then they start suspecting that maybe something fishy is going on. Maybe maybe something happened. Maybe this wasn't a natural cause. Maybe, you know, somebody committed a crime. There was a murder. And at first, only one of them is suspecting something. And the other is skeptic. You know, Diane Keaton is all in on the scoop. And Woody Allen thinks, oh, maybe you should go back to therapy, honey. But then... He's starting to get convinced, and then we get wrapped into this uh, mystery plot. But also, we have a lot of deviation, to be honest with you, because there's not a whole lot of suspects. I mean, basically, the old couple that was the neighbors, a husband and wife, the wife dies of a heart attack, supposedly, which leaves the husband as the only suspect. And that's it. So that's the murder mystery for you. Guess who did it? And uh, the rest of the film diverts to... Again, a, a, a retrack of Woody Allen's previous attempts of depicting relationships. Uh, of uh, let me get this straight. It's it's my boy, the guy who made uh, crimes and misdemeanors. Alan Alda. Yeah, Alan Alda. Alan Alda returns his head once again, bringing his one and only charisma that Woody Allen's on-screen persona seems to love so much. Who is like a longtime friend who broke up with his wife, so now he's a bit lonely. And he kind of has a thing for Diane Keaton, as well as Woody, whose character is called Larry Lipton. What a terrific name. Mm. Larry works in book publishing, and one of the authors he works with is kind of a really fascinating lady. And, uh, well, yeah, you know what? Let me, let me cut in there, because you'll get into the good parts of the movie. And I don't, oh, I don't, is know. that the good parts? Yeah, yeah that's yeah. the good parts. I, I'm trying to cover as much ground as possible, well, I'll tell but, you, but what, you know where yeah. this is going. You know, that is bas- the subplot takes over the main plot of the movie. Guys, let me tell you this, man. I am really shocked how much... Well, I would say I was shocked about how much this movie is loved, but I'm not shocked, because at the end of the day... It's a momentous occasion to have Woody Allen and Diane Keaton together again. It's momentous. And I would be much more forgiving of this movie if it wasn't the last time to this date, nearly 20 fucking years later, 
They still haven't done the movie together. And to be honest with you, the movie on the on a whole is just fan service of having these two together. But the movie itself is just kind of kind of dull. And you call this Manhattan murder mystery, as Simon said, there isn't much mystery because there's only one suspect. And it really is Manhattan, Manhattan neighbor paranoia. The whole comedy of this movie is just the paranoia of Diane Keaton's character, you know, looking for something that seemingly isn't there until the end where it kind of is. And even the way that is brought about is forced. Look, man, I'm happy. I'm happy just like everyone else that they're together. But to be honest with you, I don't think Woody put is, is all into this movie. And I can't really blame him just because he had all this real life controversy with going to court with the public persona. So at the end of the day, I understand why this movie isn't all that it could be but Diane Keaton's really riding you know riding this whole vehicle which again isn't bad I'm glad to see Diane Keaton and she's fine she you know her and Woody have good chemistry as, as always but to be honest with you 75 percent of this movie is just based off Diane Keaton's paranoia and that's it and honestly if you if you watch this movie and you're not a fan of Woody Allen and Diane Keaton you just watch this movie not aware of any of their previous films just watching this as a movie on its own I just think you're going to be bored. And I kind of was because I'm like, put these two guys together and show me what they can do and you don't get nothing here. Out of all the movies I've done before, this is easily their weakest effort. Again, saying this is a murder mystery is a bit of an exaggeration. It really is. I was watching this movie thinking that this movie felt like it was made for old people. Like maybe old people will get a lot of entertainment well, out of this. That's one of the unique aspects of it that you could easily imagine this movie with a much younger cast. But Woody goes out of his way to cast everybody age appropriately. Like uh, the murder suspect is quite old. They're younger, but they're still, you know, I mean, Woody Allen's in his 50s and everybody is kind of cast in in his friends group I'm not, I'm not ageist Simon I'm not ageist I, I'm just saying I'm, I'm complimenting a movie I think that no no it, so am I well actually I, no I kind of disagree with you on the fact that yes he did put in the, the older character in this movie is fine he did that with we said the crimes of misdemeanors as well you know it doesn't stop me from being a good movie and de a decade from now he'll make a lot of movies with older characters that are great that are very good so that's not it I just don't think having these two having Woody and Dan Keaton together for this movie didn't really do much and it really disappointed me because they have that chemistry it's still there but the story is not there and another reason why i blame woody allen is because when he has these kind of down-to-earth stories it always injects just a little bit of fantasy and i think this movie could have used i think could have used something fantastical in there and there's even a point you know actually i even i'll even sell something to you that actually would have made me enjoy this movie okay. more i think I was watching this movie. If Woody Allen was the murderer, nope, you know, he nope, says, I hate nope, 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 <laughs> plot no. I twist. Think this movie would be an absolute classic, yeah? If they just, it turns out that ba they basically set up the guy. Because there's so much paranoia about the guy. They're building all these things up, yeah? Where there's no real proof. And I just think it would have been interesting if by the end they actually used, they fabricated some evidence and set him up. And <laughs> it's revealed that he didn't do it. But they fabricate it because at the end, and this is what bothers me about the movie. Again, if you haven't watched the movie, you're not going to get this. They don't fucking solve the mystery. This character you brought up, this other female, this is one well, of the played by Angelica Houston. Yeah, one of the best scenes is she comes into the dinner. She comes, they're having, they're having dinner. Diane Keaton, through the most of this movie, has been the one that's always trying to assume and she's always onto something. This woman comes in that works with Woody Allen and she lays out how this guy's involved, how he probably did it, and, <laughs> yeah. through the, and it's like she's right. 
but you find out for the most part you find out they reveal to you in that info number at the end that you know this is what's really going on but for the most part she figured everything out and I was just like are you like it was it, it kind of took me by surprise that she was so right but because before that they basically had nothing they were all guessing but this one woman figured out everything and then that was basically and then they followed up with her plan she actually told you this is what he's probably doing and this is how we're going to catch him and guess what that's exactly how the movie fucking plays out yeah, yeah, I know what you mean, but I think differently a, a bit because you're you're a bit too harsh for me. Because honestly, of course I am. You're oh, not the yeah, only yeah. one that's gonna hate me for this, by the way. I know yeah, that. Yeah, because because here's the thing: Diane Keaton uh, immediately kicks the movie up like three notches, she, just, of course. just 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 by herself. And if you go in knowing that she technically tagged in lastminute.com, you know, then you can lower your expectations. Like Woody didn't write this for her; she wasn't like, "Oh, this is so good." Only Diane can do it. He was like, oh, this is just another movie. You know, he's like, fuck this. It ain't no Stardust memories, you know. <laughs> so he, he went in, you know, he always, he's a perfectionist. But he went in like, this is next year's project with then Mia Farrow. So that lowered my expectations. And it was so nice seeing Diane Keaton. And I was like, oh. You weren't hyped for this movie? You, your expectations no, 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 lowered? No, no, my expectations were low. Because I'm like, this is basically deleted scenes from Annie Hall. And uh, Diane Keaton was again, great. I, I just don't understand why they didn't work together in the 80s. I felt such energy in the movie that I was missing throughout all those long, dragged-out plots in the 80s, you know, with Mia Farrow. Not to hate on her in retrospect, because sure. she had some great moments. Like September, I thought she was really good in that one. She made the... the and Broadway Danny Rose. She had a lot of good parts. Uh, I don't like this shit. But, <laughs> <laughs> but basically, I, I thought Diane Keaton would have owned that character. But nevertheless, what I'm seeing is she immediately brought so much energy that the movie was just more fun. And I think that Woody, who we spoke multiple times about this, that in the last decade, he really grew as a director, especially around September. He starts doing very clever stuff with... the camera the camera angles and the different panning shots and transitions and again some scenes in this movie he really shines as a director especially at the end it, it looks beautiful i mean he really put a real effort into the end of this movie it was very inspired very memorable very memorable visually i i agree especially because he took the camera star he took from husbands and wives a free hand in this movie the camera is a third is a third person that he's tracking the characters. The camera's actually following them handheld, yeah. which I really... It's not as much as Husbands and Wives. That was complete handheld. This one was just... There's a lot of scenes where you feel like you're watching the characters on a murder mystery, which, again, it gets you more invested and more in, integral into the mystery and all that. But I, I have to disagree with you. I don't think Diane Keaton holds up the movie on her own. I think she is the best part of the movie, without a doubt. But she's on her own without her... This movie is bland as fuck. Well, that's the problem. That's the problem I had that the movie has a strong intro when you see them together and their chemistry genuinely works and you're like, oh, wow, these two can sell any dialogue. And then it ends on this strong finish, which has real mystery, a very memorable climax. And then, you know, they have a genuine moment. It kind of reminded me of Sleeper where they just like, hey, you know, we have the, this relationship trouble throughout the movie. But guess what? I still love you. You know, I, I just love you. And I just love you too. I mean, what, what were we thinking? We're, we were married for a reason, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. But the everything in between, like the meat of the movie, it's just, it really is chewy. It's like just something that was overcooked and it's flavorless. And you're just chewing, chewing, chewing. That That's how the movie comes across. I, I felt like 
I don't understand why the movie has to involve so many typical subplots of Diankeaton almost, you know, having something with Alan Alda and, and, you know, Woody almost having something with Angelica Houston's character and then the introspective relationships and again Woody's perfectionism to paint a picture I mean this movie feels very 90s it gave me flashbacks to when I was two three years old about the clothes and the cars and even the some of the leaves the way you know it used to look because now we have different technology for cleaning streets and all this stuff so it really is like a period piece now because it's been so long Mm. but outside of that aspect of I guess you could call it nostalgia or it making it a retro movie. There's nothing there. I mean, they just go through the motions. That's, the actor, that's my point, man. The, 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 act, the actors out. are great, but they're not. Yeah. They're, I think you nailed it when you said they're underused. You have a great cast. Yeah, you do. Who just follow this old man around that they think may have done something. And up until Angelica Houston basically lays it out like, you know, how you could get away with a murder mystery. Actually, Alan Alda comes up with his phone call in the middle of the night and he just lays some crazy-ass torture he's plot out. He, the way he talks, the way he's just so paranoid. He's paranoid right there with Diane Keaton. He's like, you know, I think everybody's in on it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was the government. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, guys. It was a very humorous film. But again, I'm like, what the Alan and Diane Keaton? They, you know, I was so hyped for this. And, you know, obviously this is not the first time I see the movie. I remember being disappointed. But now it's been probably 15 years since I've seen the movie. I was like, maybe I was just too critical back then, but watching it again, knowing this is their last movie, the same guys that made Annie Hall, Love and Death, Manhattan, it's like, Sleeper. This is Sleeper. I mean, this is the last comedy they're ever going to do. It's, it's truly... And interiors. Yeah, oh yeah, and interiors. Well, I, did, I said comedy. <laughs> I said last comedy. I didn't say last movie, but... Well, it, it's not a comedy. It's... Look, man, oh, this is the thing with the movie. I see you, Diane Keaton, coming in the movie to save Woody Allen at a time where he needed it. I'm talking about in real life, not as a character. Just to step in. Just to step in. And, and it was really save great. the movie as well, to yeah. be fair. Yeah, and I mean, that's awesome that she came in to help her friend. And, you know, she does great for the movie. But this was not the one that I want to remember them to being, being for. And even if, look, I would be even happy if he, if there was a movie where it was just Diane Keaton featuring. It doesn't need to be the Woody and Diane Keaton dynamic. I think she's worthy enough to be in another movie. I wish he wrote a movie just for her, like he does for... There's a few movies like that movie um, in 2015. Uh, what's her name again? The one where she's the... the, the uh, Blue Jasmine. Yes, Blue Jasmine. That I wanted him to write a Blue Jasmine for that or something. Because he does a lot of solo movies about a character, but, you know, this is it. And again, I know I'm losing focus. I should just focus on the movie. Again, like I said before. Well, to be fair to you, we are coming off of, again, a fantastic Woody Allen movie with husbands and wives. So a real high note, at least in my opinion. So you're like, yeah, he's on he's on a track. He's gonna he's doing great things. And now But you would honestly there. think, I hear what you're saying, but you would honestly think, no Diane Keaton for this long. I mean, you got a, a cock tease of her in radio days, which people are upset about as well, the five seconds they're singing. So you're thinking, if you're going to bring her back, Woody's going to... And honestly, it just feels like he didn't bring her back because he wanted to. He brought her back because he needed her. He could have brought her back many times, even for a coaster. It didn't have to just be Mia Farrow. He could, I don't know why he didn't bring her through the Mia Farrow time. Even as a, they could have had a movie together. I don't know. But now she's out. The first thing he does well, is... Well, knowing Mia Farrow, probably... Maybe some, not. Yeah, I, probably uh, some rape charges would have been flying around two well, minutes obviously, later. I don't know. Maybe it was too deep. I don't know. Uh, maybe, you know, it was too too many, too much energy, too, too, too powerful women. I don't know. Either way, this is the one you bring her back for. I can't get that to taste out of my mouth. And again, 
even as a standalone movie. This is one of his most basic, unfantastical stories of all. I don't think it's memorable. People love this movie. Let's be, let's get it straight, guys. Hate me all you want for being critical on the movie. If you're listening to this discussion, you're thinking Don Juan's a piece of shit. He does that. You love this movie because of Woody Allen dying Keaton. Let's be honest, because the story ain't nothing special. It's not the best murder mystery he came up with. Let's be honest. Crimes and misdemeanors could have been a much more interesting murder mystery. I put that in quotes, mystery, than this. Because this isn't a mystery, really. They already kind of know what's going on. They're guessing, they're paranoid. Then they figure it out. And the real twist is that the side character was correct. There's the twist. And again, the last, the last yeah, the, 15 they, minutes you yeah, mentioned were good. The yeah, last when they finally it, crack it, it. It's like a freaking Brian De Palma movie, the last 50 minutes. It, yeah. it, what was that one with John Travolta? Is it a... Uh, it's not Point Break, but... Uh, oh, anyway. I can't remember. You can put it in I'll find it. I'll find it. Yeah, yeah, the line, yeah. Everybody. It's a classic. If I just there can't. was more of what you're mentioning, the last 20... If there was more meat yeah. throughout the whole movie, the, I wouldn't be bitching as much. They, they, what I see with... Brian De Palma that they put a scam with tapes and you know Brian De Palma loves tricks in his films he, he always puts in stuff he even does it with uh, a Dress to Kill or Dress for Murder whatever it is with uh, I can't think right now this, this upcoming film we're gonna review Killed My Brain but basically the one with uh, Michael Caine look up that Brian De Palma movie as well another great a great murder mystery a little bit of a ripoff of uh, Hitchcock though yeah. but anyway that's sure. get sidetracked what I'm saying is, he pulls a bit of a Brian De Palma, so not only do we have a mystery at the end, but we have a, a scheme, you know, a setup, something suspenseful. But yeah, everything else in the movie is just a very typical New York story. And I, I get that's the joke that you have typical New Yorkers, you know, an older couple who's just a bit bored, going, looking for adventure. And actually, it helps them repair their relationship through going through something exciting. But Woody Allen's on-screen persona of being, you know, very nagging and claustrophobic and then paranoid and then having a breakdown, it didn't help the scenes. I felt like there was no comedy there. He was just trying to be comedic, but also realistic at the same time. But yeah. his character just, it diverted from the mystery aspect. It's like trying to solve a crime where somebody has a, a breakdown and a you know an epileptic syndrome every five seconds just you gotta calm them down and call a doctor because they're useless i mean it, it's just it was too much it was too much too much uh, on-screen shenanigans and not enough murder and mystery i honestly and again for all my criticism i honestly think and i honestly truly believe the chaos of woody allen's controversy really did make his make his focus that instead of this movie because i know this movie as simon said in the beginning is a leftover idea from annie hall but i really think this movie would have been a bit different if it was his complete focus and he i think he would have looked at the script and said i need to spice this up because this movie on the whole love the characters love the acts as much as you want when it comes down to it it's really bland it really is and it's more or less about paranoia and you know i would you know what you know what the good news is Woody Allen didn't fall off this. This wasn't the movie where he started to go downhill and he started no, to make no, all these... No, old. no, he comes back. He shows in future films that he can still make dynamic, interesting, funny, crazy films. Believe me, we're going to get something tonight. So I feel a little bit vindicated by saying that I'm disappointed with this film because he's got so many films that surpass this. And this is... Un unfortunately, this is one of my least liked Woody Allen films because it's so bland, because he underuses Diane Keaton... And because I was bored for so long. And, you know, before, I, you know, hate me, guys, because I've got, I got one more observation I need to ask you. 
Okay. This is completely superficial, guys. You're going to hate me for saying this, man. Diane Keaton is always a character that seems to be very fashionable. I thought her dress sense in this movie was noticeably terrible. Well, that's why I said this took me back to the 90s. Because, yeah, really awful dress code for everybody. But that was very early 90s. You know what? She was wearing the belts everywhere. She looked like she was wearing clothes that were four times her size. Yeah, they really... They really gave her something to, I guess, hide a few extra pounds or something. And I, I mean, she did that movie. Oh, what's the? I can't think of movie title. The one with she did with Jack Nicholson and Keanu Reeves. You know, nearly ten years after this, and she looks stunning in that. Oh, it's not something's got to give. I love that movie. Something, it's, something's got to give, right? It's called something's got to give. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, love that movie. That love that and movie. And she looks. She looks hot. Like she, she looks, looks hot. She brings the milf in that completely, you know. How so. does she look better then? Well, maybe makeup and things. Well, are well not, then, not yeah. only just taking care of yourself. Like, two, the 2000s diets and, you know, stylists are not uh, are much better than 90s. Sure. 90s was a terrible sure. era for all it was, it was, You know what? It's a, it was a, a decade of transition when it comes to style. Yeah, yeah, You exactly. know what I mean? Yeah. 90s was when they perfected all the stuff for the 2000s to be that great. Yeah, yeah. But... I see what you mean. Yeah, it was kind of like that, that you, you remember Diane Keaton as this giant on-screen presence from all the past Woody Allen films where she was so iconic in every film, her dresses. Like, you can dress up for Halloween as Diane Keaton from each Woody Allen movie. Yeah. And I guess if you dress like shit, you can be like her from this movie every day. But <laughs> I'm going to get a lot of hate for my comp. Guys, well, I you know you guys. Yeah, you are a bit shit. harsh because I'll tell you right now, <laughs> in closing for me, yeah. I like this still better than half the movies he did in the 80s. Uh, ooh, yeah. yeah. So, uh, mid- You're talking about me and Faust yeah, mid, mid Mid-summer sex comedy, um, freaking, uh, what was that one? Uh, Broadway, Denny Rose, oh, Radio, Radio Days, oh, all on. those movies. Oh, I, my God. Yeah, I even fucking, uh, no. You're a Diane Keaton fanboy. You see, I know you guys listen to hating on me as well. You guys can't get that Diane Keaton, Diane Keaton star out of your goddamn eyes. I love it too, guys. I love it too. I'm critical here. Why am I the bad guy here today? Why am I the asshole, Simon, huh? I, I don't know. To me, you're, a cre- you're an asshole tomorrow, and you were an asshole yesterday as well. So I don't, <laughs> I don't see what's special today. <laughs> but um, anyway, so that that's me in closing. I still like yeah. this better than a lot of stuff from the past decade. But yeah. It is underwhelming, and if you go in expecting the same stuff you saw when they worked together in the seventies, you're gonna be let down. This is this is a tag in. This is not a not a perfect match. For, and it's their last one as well to make so far. Worse. You you never know. Woody might surprise you, but sure. yeah, don't hold your breath. Don't hold your breath. Let's let's transition a bit because it's because funny. it's also a special year this year, isn't it? Thank you. That's exactly what I'm going to transition to. Well, before we do it, guys, before we transition a little bit, check out the Woody Allen Pages Watches, guys. If you want to know all the details on how they got together and all the behind-the-scenes stuff on this. And yeah, again, people don't read anymore. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> guys, before we move on a little bit, I do want to say, speaking about Woody Allen and uh, Diane Keaton, you know, Diane Keaton did get an award. I think she got a lifetime... Was it a lifetime achievement award? It wasn't an AFI? It was an AFI award that Woody Allen did come and you know, present awards to her, congratulate her. You know, I would have loved to put a clip on there because it's, you can get a one minute, look, I'll put a link in the YouTube card. You know, it was really cool to see them honor Diane Keaton. You yeah. know, it was great. She even sung with something from Annie Hall. So, you know, we'll give, I love Diane Keaton. Guys, do not, just don't, don't get that twisted from my whole harping on the movie. It's just that I wanted more. But again, Simon, we're talking about this year, we already reviewed Annie Hall, which again is having its 40th year anniversary. Yep. And as I alluded to in the beginning, guys, there was a movie 
There was a fan movie made. This isn't the first one. We're going to do a couple as we do this retrospective. There was a fan movie made in 2003 called Burning Annie. Now, one of our fans of the podcast, I think his name is Jacob... Is it Scarite? Scarite? He basically mentioned that, hey, guys, there's this fan movie that this guy who loved Woody Allen wanted to make an ode to Annie Hall. And basically, just to give you a little background on the movie, it was made in 2003, Burning Annie, but it was hitting the film festival circuit for three or four years. So in 2007, it did get a DVD release, a little bit of a wide release. But then I think the creators were waiting for the rights to go back to them so they could release it again because it didn't really, it wasn't a big movie, it was an independent movie. So this year, 2017, they did the Kickstarter for it. They got it re-released in digital and in physical, and now you can see it on Amazon. So our good old buddy Jacob from the Woody Allen fan site, Google Plus, I think it was I found him from. He gave us a voucher to check out the movie. And because, again, there isn't a lot of homages to Annie Hall, Woody Allen doesn't seem to give a shit about Annie Hall. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not just saying that. Did you guys see the live Woody Allen Facebook interview where he said that uh, Annie Hall, meh, it's Manhattan, bleh. So... I'm not, it's not just me. You heard it, Simon. You're my witness. I think the only time Woody Allen reviewed anything on Amazon was when he gave any hole the DVD of Thumbs Down. That's <laughs> 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 his sole contribution. That's the one and only time he brought to sign into his Amazon account. So I thought that it was interesting. One of our fans brought this movie to our attention. That, hey, these... This, this young guys in 2003 made a little independent film called Burning Annie, which again is meant to be an ode to Annie Hall. And I'll just cut this. This is going to be very short because basically it's about a guy in college who is obsessed with Annie Hall. You know how you get these Star Wars guys and what Star Wars, worship Star Wars, not everything. This guy's like that, but with Woody Allen. In particular, Annie Hall. They actually might have been more interesting if he loved all of Woody Allen movies. But anyway, yeah, he loves Annie Hall. Just Annie Hall. Yeah, specifically, that was it. he lives by Annie Hall. And it's a movie about a guy who's going through some relationship issues and he uses Annie Hall as kind of a crutch. He watches well, to be specific, it's a movie about nothing. But yeah, keep going on. This guy watches Annie Hall religiously and he makes it the basis of his foundation when it comes to love. And again, when we saw the trailer for this, before reviewing it, I thought to myself, this looks pretentious and this looks like a really bad student film. And again, we're not going to get into some 30-minute review like we just did for the Manhattan Murder Mystery. But, you know, the movie honestly was better than the trailer, but... Oh, yeah, much better than the trailer. It was all over the place. And honestly, it was it was very unfocused. And by the end of it, I didn't really understand what the moral was. And I'm not trying to shit on the director because I think it's cool that there's a guy who wants to do an homage to Annie Hall, but... He wasn't, it wasn't even like he was copying Annie Hall Chandler. He was just using it as a basis. This movie was just kind of very, not kind of, it was very blare. It was all over the place. It had some funny bits, some qualms, all that stuff. But honestly, I was just like, it, maybe if this movie was made in 2014, 2013, it would have been a much better film because nowadays we get a lot of these romantic comedy independent movies with a lot of quirks. It would have worked a lot better. But back then, and I'm trying to be nice to the movie, this was a time when, you know, the American Pires movies were phasing out with two and three, Euro Trip, Road Trip, you know, all these... Road Trip was good. Uh, college. Uh, I love Road Trip too, don't get me wrong. There was all of these, you know, loser... It was a time of... What's that, the main character from um, American uh, Pie? Jason Bate. Jason Biggs. Biggs. You was it Jason, Jason Biggs. Biggs. <laughs> the, 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 J- I was trying to... Yeah. Jason Biggs and who was Stifler? Was that guy? I can't remember Sean William Scott? Yeah, Jason Biggs. It was their time. And this was before 
you know, the Jesse Eisenberg. And oh, yeah, yeah. this is before and, Geeks were in. Yeah, yeah this, this is, is before this, Geeks this, and they got more raunchy. This was like the awkward stage. And then I, I want to appreciate... This is when I was 10. This is when Tony Hawk was the number one game and punk rock was the number one music, even though I like hip hop. But long story short, anybody that has an idea and manages to make a film about it, you know, congrats to you. Congrats to this guy for getting this quote unquote movie out. This reminded me of, there's that short film everybody loved, George Lucas and Love. That guy made a whole career out of that one short film, right? It's a it's a decent short, couple of minutes. That's what this should have been, couple sure. of minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Student, short film, yeah. gimmick, I love Annie Hall, I break the fourth wall like Annie Hall. That's the beginning of the film. Sure. Writing is actually surprisingly more funny than you, you would think from the trailer. They actually have a couple of good jokes in, but editing gets in the way. Not very good editing, but whatever. But then, after the first 10 minutes, there's another, like, hour and what? Hour and 20? No, it's, it's like 138 minutes. It's like an hour and 30. It's really long. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it's like, there's way too much. And we get sidetracked with characters that really don't matter. And that's the whole problem. Like, the whole, if you think, well, this is like somebody's interpretation of any hall. And the fact that it's made in an era where, you know, all these over-the-top raunchy comedies where the thing kind of stands out. It's not really because it abandons its own... It doesn't stick to its own guns. It abandons its own gimmicks. Yeah. Annie Hall is just some tradition they do at, I guess, freshman year or beginning of the semester or something like that. I can't remember. Even well, though, the rest of the guys, but the main guy watches it religiously. The, yeah, the main... But basically, th that's what it boils down to, watching the movie. It, it doesn't it doesn't evolve into anything else. No. Even though in the beginning they reference jokes, they have to do a lot of Woody Allen shticks. The movie opens up with a scene that's the same as Woody Allen and Tony Roberts and yeah. Annie Hall. They pay a lot of subtle homages with the jokes and the, the dialogue. There's a time. The, one of the more clever lines is when the guy says, oh, procrastination is uh, one of my favorite hobbies. Isn't it funny that uh, two of my favorite hobbies rhyme? You know, and you didn't even get that. That he talks about masturbation because I did, a, a, you motherfucker. You couldn't get that. I was trolling you. <laughs> I went on for so long. Like, I don't get it. And you was like, you don't. You, I was like, this motherfucker. <laughs> he actually believes I don't get this simple ass joke. Okay, well now you're changing your story. This was five minutes ago. So <laughs> piece of uh, shit. yeah. Go you, on, you, go you, on. Anyway, you remember the scene from Manhattan or oh, from Annie Hall? You know, and he talks about like you know masturbation is a uh, love uh, is having sex with somebody I love. Yeah, that's a funny line. Anyway, point is that all stops and the movie goes into bland people having bland relationships with not a whole lot to say. And that's unfortunate because, like you said, if this was made this year with Miles Teller, it, people would be like, oh, it's so refreshing. The critics would be like, please not Miles Teller. Please not Miles Teller. Yeah, yeah, the, crit the critics would be like, it's a bold new direction for teen comedies, a visionary director taking a chance with terrifically gifted young starlets in a revolutionary tribute to a cinematic classic. And I'm like, it's just fucking boring, man. Just say what it is. Call a spade a spade. And I would say the same thing. So hats off to the dude for making it. Sorry you made it too early. You could make movies like this now and totally get away with, you know, the story not being all that or not amounting to all that much at the end but that's about it i can't really recommend it beyond that if you're a woody allen fan yeah you, you know watch it yeah you may get a kick out of it you may find it relatable because you're probably the same kind of loser as <laughs> the, the people in this movie 
but I don't want to. I don't want to come off as insulting. You know what I want to say. You, you know, you wrap up. You, you know my true feelings. No, you were nicer to the movie than I thought it was going to be to ones. But again, we don't want to shit on the guy because. You know, he tried something. You could tell it's more or less a student film. So it's not like he, it's yeah, a big it, budget it, it director. It should have been a damn short film. That's the yeah. point. Yeah. Get the best jokes out of the movie. Get the core story. Wrap it up in 15 minutes. And you have something decent. Well, you know, he did. He raised that Kickstarter. It was a very moderate kick. It was like $2,000 just to get the distribution DVD and get the Amazon, which is cool. So again, the guy could say he made a film old to Woody Allen. Would Woody Allen watch the movie? Probably not because he doesn't even like his own movie. So, <laughs> look, man... It, it, I don't want to shit on the movie. I was looking at the date when this movie was made in two, 2004, it was released in 2007. And then what happened? You know what? 2009, a better movie came out that people remember a lot more, which is 500 Days of Summer. So again, that's that's more widely seen as a better homage to Annie Hall. Even though it doesn't directly do things, I would say that was a much better executed film yeah, dealing, with, but like, dealing you, with that kind of thing but looking at Mark Webb's filmography now you just realize that the guy just really loves to borrow ideas <laughs> mostly that's what he does I mean yeah. from everything Every, everybody does the come on. yeah yeah but uh, he had that whole thing with uh, Mirror's Edge video game and his Spider-Man movies I mean the guy has a limited imagination but a lots of pool of resources to just copy paste stuff so I don't want to I don't want to be an arsehole. Yeah, we keep diverting to talk about basically everything except no, the just two movies. I, you know, because honestly, I'm like, I, we got the code from Jacob to watch the movie. We watched the movie. It wasn't great. It wasn't really even that good. It, yeah, thank you. You said the, you said the well, perfect What was thing. his name? Jacob Scrotum or something? Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go with Jacob Scrotum. I do apologize, Jacob. But you know how we are. Look, man, should you should you rent this movie? It's really cheap. You can get it on Amazon for $3.00. Or you can send me three pounds instead. You know, fuck right <laughs> this movie. Like, like, hell no. Three pounds, three dollars. They're coming close to the same thanks to Brexit. But either way, <laughs> hey man, we appreciate that someone did something with the Allen. Again, this isn't the only movie, funny, the only meta Woody Allen movie. There's another one we're gonna get to, which is I think it's I think it's gonna be a much more interesting than this one. But again, it's the 40th anniversary. My, me, I'm, hey, at, at least this movie shows Burning Annie that somebody cares. Somebody out there cares. You I don't know? know why I called it Burning Annie. You didn't burn the film or anything. And they, I don't know. Yo, stop. I I lost track of why we why anything happened in the movie after 20 minutes. Yeah, guys. Yeah, let's stop because honestly, I will we'll start ripping apart me if we go on anymore. So yeah, man. That's it, man. I will say to end the note on a disappointing note. I'm I am still hurt. That we haven't seen another Woody Allen and Diane Keaton movie. I mean, that's just that's just crazy. That doesn't mean we're not going to see Woody Allen movies, but I really hope before Woody Allen passes, these two are still old. They know each other. They're still friends. We've seen it this year. Woody, people, if you're listening to this, anyone that's Woody Allen, get these guys to make another movie. Get only Woody Allen. We want to see them together again or get Diane Keaton to have her own solo movie. Woody Allen's directs in the right, and that would be awesome, and that's it. But Man and the Murder Mystery, guys, you heard our thoughts on it. Again, I know I'm going to get criticized for shit for what I said. Guys, leave your comments down below and let me know. <laughs> and if I didn't say this before, the IMDb scores are pretty high on Man and the Murder Mystery. We're on tomorrow's very, very loved movie. Um, again, I think that's all got to do with the cast, them being who they are more than the movie itself but again you're gonna let me know why i'm a fucking idiot in the comments down below and that's what i want you to do so simon once again thank you for sticking around for this one and i do want to thank you particularly for coming here in person to watch the movie with me it was we, we both suffered together so you yeah know. burning annie well 
It reminds me of the saying, burn the film. <laughs> burn the negative. Yeah, well, <laughs> guys, we hope we didn't burn your time listening to us. Huh? You see what I did there? No, that was kind of obvious. Okay, that's for the editing bench. I know <laughs> it's not. Burn that audio, bud. We're going to sign off, guys. Don't forget, if you're watching on YouTube, you can click on the annotation on the screen to, you know, watch other YouTube videos. We've got the Woody Allen playlist. Don't forget, we've got WoodyAllenRetro.com. Leave us a comment and, you know, I'm tired. We're going to get on to the next movie. Just movies for the foreseeable future. No more discussions. No more surprises, guys. Thanks for watching. We'll see you on the next Woody Allen or Planet Tower recording.